the GovCon Secrets Podcast will take a deep dive into the government contracting space where you'll hear from a variety of expert guests on strategy, pricing, benefits, business tactics, and all this to save you a ton of money, time, energy, and effort. I'm your host, Jim Campbell, former Marine and CEO of Axum Fringe Solutions Group. My goal is to redefine the benefits world with a brutally honest view of how benefits, compliance, finance, and overall contracting strategy mixed with my years of experience and expertise can benefit you to deploy strategies to help your GovCon grow and win in the future, all the while without boring you to death. We're going to have fun. Let's start the show. All right, guys, we're back. GovCon Secrets Podcast. This is going to be a special one. We're at Maximize 23. We brought together the broker, the coach, and the advisor. The fun thing is, new to GovCon, new to GovCon, the guy that introduced us, so everything's his fault. But what we want to do is uh, have a little feedback of what your first experience is and kind of relating to Axum, relating to the GovCon industry, and I'll give some introductions real quick. We have Lou Bernardi, Andy Neary, you know Pat, it's me, Jim. Why don't you introduce everybody everybody to yourself there, Lou? Uh, so Lou, Lou Bernardi, uh, one correction. I don't like the word broker, so I'm I'm a benefit optimization officer. He's boom. boom, Mr. I boom. Am boom, Mr. Boo, Mr. Uh, Boo, podcast host uh, in industry for about 31 years, and I often say uh, it took me 31 years to get five years experience because everything changed for me when I saw the data about uh, 2016 was when it started. So yeah, I'm excited to uh, chat today. Awesome, Andy. Andy Neary, uh, founder of Complete Game Consulting. I'm a recovering broker. Um, started my business a couple of years ago when I realized this industry has a communication problem and advisors need to open. They want to open more doors these days, especially post-pandemic. They've got to have a better message to do it. And so that's what we do. And I'm happy to be here because one of the things we talked about with GovCon is a complicated subject. Yep. And if advisors make it more complicated, it's hard to open doors to have the conversation. That's right. And I learned today that the thing you shouldn't start with is it's complicated because it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it might not go anywhere exactly. if you start there. So you just shelled out like 93% of the brokers that want to listen to this. Like, Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the interesting is thing is you introduced me to Lou and you were saying, Hey, I, I'm in New York. Mm. I don't know what the hell you guys do, right. but we've been running around health Rosetta for multiple years together. Yes. And you had no idea what Axum does. No, no, not until actually Pat was a guest on my podcast and we didn't talk about it. We talked about a lot of other things. And I said, you know, I don't even know really what Axum does. And uh, when I found out what they do, I got, I got excited because I said, you know, back in New York, which is where my agency is, you know, even though we, we work with clients throughout the country, majority of our, our clients prospects, connections are back in New York. And what I learned today is like benefits are complicated in New York. Everything is more complicated in New York. Compliance, government contracting, I think is going to end up being that way as well. But, you know, I think uh, what I'm going to take away from uh, this conference is there's a lot of opportunity and confusion. And if you can, if you can simplify it, if you can make it more efficient, and if you can do a, uh, help an employer do their job better, take care of their employees better and put more money in their pocket. That's a win, win, win. And I can't wait to get started. And, and before you learned about Axum, like if you ran across a government contractor, what would you have done? So, you know, I am sure that we have clients that are government contractors. I don't think they 
they don't bring it to our attention. Like we have a lot of, when I think of contractor in the, in the past, I would have thought construction, right? Right, right. General contract, things like that. We have a lot of clients like that. We have relationship with subcontractor, trade association, a lot of different organizations, but they don't bring it to our attention. And, and I had no reason to bring it to their attention, right? That, that, that we can help them with this niche or this problem that they're having, right? It, it, it never came up in the past. But now we're just going to come up a lot because we're going to start those conversations. I was about where we to say it's coming the other way. We're going to start those yeah. conversations once I feel comfortable that we have the the partnerships, the support. Because I'm not going to be. It, it'll take me another 31 years to learn what you've learned, <laughs> right? I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. But I can I can piece the different components together within the framework of what, how we can help them. Yeah, we can give you that in AP3. That's that's Absolutely. part of the thing. So. You coach advisors, you were an advisor, you, you've been around the block, you talk to guys all over the country, guys and gals. If there was somebody that was a broker came to you and said, Andy, I'm only in GovCon, how would you help me before this conference? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I, you know, I'm looking at our microphones right now and I'm, I, I'm thinking size matters. Like I'm having little man syndrome that my microphone is not as tall as yours right now. <laughs> It's actually um, girth. Mine's, mine's girthy. Mine's girthy than yours. No. yours. Um, Here we go. <laughs> it is black. Before this conference, I would have to sit down with that advisor and help them craft the story for the right prospect. Okay. The challenge would be prior to this conference, if I didn't know much about GovCon, I'm going to rely on the broker's message. Okay. Right? Yeah. And if he or she doesn't really know the message about what makes GovCon <laughs> different, I'm useless to it. Yeah, next, yeah. And I think that's that's the key for our business is when you want to become a specialist in something like GovCon, if we're going to help you do that, we have to understand the industry as well so we can help you craft that message to open more doors. Without the conference, I probably would not be able to help somebody do that. All right, no, that's fair. And that's what that was the design, man. Like, you know, candidly, Pat... Didn't know anything about GovCon before we met in the last almost year, right? He's teaching brokers through our AP3, but he still doesn't know all the brokers that you know. Sure as hell hasn't been dovetailed into the brokers that you work with in, in Health Rosetta or I work with it. Right. He knows a lot, but a lot of them still come to him and say, dude, what the hell do you do? Like, how can you help brokers? I mean, you can give some of your backstory of how you met some of the guys that you trusted to bring into AP3, but... His story's not uncommon. His story's not uncommon. How did you break down some of the barriers for people that you introduced to AP3? Well, it's, it's speaking to them in an opportunity because if you don't, if you're not seeking out that industry, I mean, starting with the thing we talked about, it being complicated, people run from complication, right? So if you don't know you can help that market, you're not going to go there. And so understanding that there's an opportunity there to help and then also selfishly people to grow their business that's the, that's the conversation. It's showing Correct. them, hey, there is, there is some opportunity in this confusion, exactly what Lou just said. He summed it up perfectly. Letting them know the, the macro picture of where the opportunity is and then just explaining their solutions to it already. Like the work's been done. There's this guy named Jim Campbell. He obsessed over it for like 15 years and there it is. Mm -hmm. I'd say stumbled over my own two feet repeatedly <laughs> until I hit my head enough. It, it's funny because I, I try to go whole cir full circle, right? And and you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, but then you said, I might have clients that are in this space. I don't know. Right. If you were coaching Lou and he said that to you, what would your advice be to him as a coach to be like, Wait, what do you mean you don't know? Well, I would say it's not, what do you mean you don't know? It comes back to this this question, when we work with clients and they get a chance to meet with a prospect, 
I think too many advisors in our industry go into a meeting with a prospect with the idea that they know what their client or prospect's problem is. They don't. Okay. And if you would just shut up and listen to what their problem is, you're going to dig out a lot of gold. So sure. when we talk, when we teach uh, brokers how to, advisors, I'll say, not brokers, advisors how to lead a good discovery meeting. There's four questions you got to ask every single time. What's your number one goal right now as a business? What would it mean if you could achieve it? What's your problem keeping you from it? And how is it affecting you? If you just ask those business questions, there's a very good likelihood you're going to pull out things that make you realize, holy cow, yeah. there's an opportunity here I didn't realize. You took out the insurance. You took out the insurance because yeah. normally they would come in with this, I know your problem already, so I'm going to tell you what your problem is. And I think that's a challenge with a lot of the good advisors right now trying to sell the outside-the-box solutions. Yep. Just shut up and ask them, what is your goal and problem right now? Because they're going to give you a lot of gold in those answers. Yeah, genius. Genius. I mean, obviously, you, you go back and you say uh, you have relationships. Some of them could be subcontractors. If you asked one subcontractor and they gave you all the answers to those four questions, I think you said there's like three or 400 or something yeah. like that. You just had 400 prospect answers. Like you could take them the solutions. Say, I, tell me what your problems are. And they'll tell you the same four answers. And you're like, oh, yeah, here's how we build a solution for those things, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's genius, man. You took the insurance out of it. Well, you know, one, one of the reasons why I think perhaps they've never brought their GovCon issues to us is that managed care over the last 25 years has groomed the consumer and the broker to think this is something, this is an area or this is a negotiable operating expense we can't do anything about. It's just a given, that, that healthcare paradox, right? Pay more, get less is a guarantee. What's beautiful about this for me, and we talk about it all the time in Health Rosetta, is that the business leaders, like the C-suite within companies, passed benefits entirely onto HR, which is a huge responsibility, yeah. but they're not financially minded, right? And it's because there's nothing to dig into. So now, if we can express to them, we know what we can do on the healthcare side, and what could you do with that 10, 15, 20% lower healthcare cost? How could you, how can you use that to get more bids, right? To, to venture into the government contracting space with more certainty. Because just in the last couple of weeks, I've reached out to some of my connections and said, do you do government contracting work? Like a lot of them have said, no, we avoid it. We're mm -hmm. not ready to do that mm -hmm. because it's so complex. Well, hey, I got just the people I met today mm -hmm. in some of these presentations, well, what if I could connect you to someone and they could make it a little bit simpler for you? That's the whole point of this thing. Right. Man. It was Absolutely. like, like how, how do, how do I take, you know, the, the world I've run in in 17 years, right. And say, it, it, it might not make sense for you in the benefits world, but you just made a linkage to their business problem. Well, to Andy's point, you just solved a business issue for them. Yeah. You just built faith and fidelity right there. Right. And I think that's what you're finding with a lot of the brokers that trusted you to come into AP3. They were like, I don't know what the hell Pat's talking about. And you're like, your first thing you tell them all the time, it's never about the insurance. We talk to clients, it's never about the benefits. It's a huge part of what we do as far as result. But I mean, I've heard you say it a couple of times. You're like, dude, we don't ever lead with insurance. The business problem is you have XYZ expense and we're gonna show you how to, to minimize that. Oh, and by the way, we have another solution that'll even make it better for the benefits and your profitability. And then the benefits question comes in. But I mean, you've, you've worked with brokers all over that said that. Yeah, 100%. It's actually the, the, the nice thing about it is you don't have to lead with benefits because there's a thousand brokers across the country calling every day 
cold calling every day, delivering those messages and people are tired of hearing it quite frankly. And so having a different, uh, having a business conversation instead of a, uh, insurance conversation, it's a much more powerful place to start. And that's where you started out. That's what you're telling your, your, your advisors. I was just having a conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago and he sells a product to the industry and he knows enough business owners. So he sat down with some and interviewed and said, Hey, what do brokers have to say to get your attention? And he said that the, the CEO he was talking to said, well, I can tell you one thing that I don't care about is cost. Holy shit. Cause I've heard 305 brokers tell me that mm. you want to get my attention, help me solve my business problems. And I think that's one of the challenges. Again, we have an industry. I don't want to repeat myself is we go after prospecting opportunities, trying to tell the, prospect what their problem is and at the end of the day your job is to go in and figure out what their problem their real goal and problem is and figure out how your solution fits in and it may not fit in yep but if you can show them how your solution is going to fit into their life their problem their goals now you got to have a chance to you have a chance to win and i think with a solution like what axum's bringing to the table the other key to that is at that point bring in the experts and get out of the way because that's the other hurdle to solving the real problem is the broker has to set aside the ego and let the experts do their job. Yeah, we were talking outside, um, and Pat knows this, but 82% of the time that we talk to a prospect, they become a client. But when a broker brings us a prospect and doesn't allow us to be a part of the meeting, it goes down to 13% close ratio. That high? Who's impressed? I'm really damn good at my job. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, I'm not doubting your results. No, no, I'm no. saying 13% for just a, an average broker doesn't it, sound terrible. It, but it cuts us at the knees because yeah. we know, yeah. like, hey, man, or lady, I'll give you this toolbox. Like, I'll give it to you. You don't have to even put our logo on it. I'll teach you how to fish. Like, I, like, I want to help you get more business, right? It yeah. might not just be in New York, but I could tell you this much. Your clients that you or your prospects don't have just people in New York. It comes a government contract and you've seen this. They're all over the country, right? They might be based in New York, but they got people in Virginia and Florida, blah, blah, blah. And the typical broker would say, oh, this is going buka only. They don't want to do, they, they got the client to Andy's point. They told them what they wanted, right? They sold them something. Whereas building a solution for them, you got to go around the corner. What are your liabilities? What are your risks? What is the potential compliance issues? All that. Like Andy said, get out of the way, right? And and yeah. and and it's and for us, we have partners here that aren't even remotely tied to benefits, finance, legal, you you name it, right? We brought them because they're GovCon experts. We often, here you go, here's the introduction. We know they do good work, and to your point, we step out of the way because if we get involved in some of that stuff, we'll ruin it. Yeah, you 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 know you don't get into this business or you don't stay in this business. And, and, and remain successful in it by being insecure. Hmm. You know, half of the times we, we meet new vendors, like, you know, we'll, we'll let you brand it. Like, I have no problem with you keeping your, you, you, you deserve the right to keep your brand up. Maybe we'll co-brand it, that's great. I understand that. But when, when we find a solution that we trust and a partner we trust, because getting a client is very tough, keeping them is not tough typically for us, but when we bring another person in, another relationship in, it's a big deal. We we don't do that lightly. They become a family when they join our agency. We treat them that way. And you're only going and trust them. We don't we don't go into it saying we're going to make more money doing this. And it's about addressing their problems. Now, I didn't know about the issues the government contractors faced. 
until about a few weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. when we had a brief conversation, I went on the websites that you gave me. I downloaded a bunch of resources and I read about it. I was like, wow, there were a lot of acronyms here. I don't need to know more things. I just need to know the people to p- partner them with to address those issues. Nice. I don't want to be the expert. Well, coming out of the military, I got to tell you, there's less acronyms in the GovCon space than there are in the military. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was awesome at the four-letter ones in the military (laughs) because everything started and ended with an F, (laughs) whether it made sense or not. But, you know, I think one thing we learned over the years of doing this is we had to be a partner to the broker. We had to be a coach. We had to be an advisor. We had to take the lumps because we're the only ones in the industry that were like speaking benefits, speaking compliance, speaking technology, this, that, and the other. But by no means were we the master of any of them. There's Mm -hmm. some really smart people out there in every single one of them. I'll be the first person to tell you, they'll admit. I tell them all the time, I stole your best shit. I took your best part of your company and I tried to put it in our portfolio. And they're like, hey man, thanks. And I always give them credit. I always lead them to new business, but I tell them straight up, I stole the best parts of your shit. Because GovCon's really difficult, to your point. There's a lot of moving parts. And if you try to pretend that you're a master of it all, you're dead in the water and and you hurt other people. It's why the best general contractor in the trade, contractors in the trades, do they do the roofing? Do they do the drywall? Do they do the plumbing, the electrical work? No. They've got the go-to experts. That's Mm -hmm. why they're a GC. If more advisors would look at themselves like GCs, instead of thinking they've got to do it all, otherwise I'm not going to talk about it, that's pretty and smart. just find like the it. partners who are good at what they do, yep. they would be writing more business. Because you said, so we were talking offline, you know, to use a sports analogy, if San Diego State last night drove down and missed a three-point shot, and then UConn takes it back on a fast break and hits a three-point shot, people would think San Diego State just gave up three points. No, it was actually a six-point six swing, swing because sure. you missed the three, and now they got three, right? If more brokers would realize when not only – is this an opportunity to make more money? I think you said you, on average, increased their revenue by 21%. 21%. If you don't talk about it, and the competitor does, and that's a $50,000 account, Yep. it's a swing of 21% more revenue versus $50,000 That's loss. right. That's right. Because somebody's going to come in and bombs. talk about it. Dropping yeah. bombs. Right? I mean, and that's the case. And I think most brokers spend too much time, I think you were hitting on this, protecting what they have. They're squeezing it so tight that they're not looking at other opportunities and eventually somebody's going to come in and they're going to lose that business. What do you think the average agency grows by per year? Percentage-wise or book-wise? Um, individual producer, dollar-wise, dollar amount. Indivi- like the small individual producer? Yeah. I think I think a good year is $250,000. That's a really good year, and I think most of them maybe $75,000 a year. What do you think? I was going to go more percentage. Most agencies grow less than 10%. Okay. What do you think? I think 10% is just trend. So if you're growing at 10%, you're it's actually losing because you're business. Renewing your business. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> it goes up every year. I, I would say probably on average 20 to 25%. Really? So if you're a million dollar firm, you make 250 grand. I, th- I think on average, yeah. So I'll give you the statistic that was done. So Aon released a report. The average independent firm grows less than 12%. It's like 11.6%. Mm. Right. And that's trend. So trend. Yeah. It's yeah. Trend. So yeah. trend. So that that's disturbing to me. It's very disturbing. Because we're in a business, right? Like you can't live off 10%. Like if you only get, if you had 10 brokers, you get one broker's new client. You can't do that, right? You can't get no. one client for your book of business if you have 10. Right. We can't live off that. 
So our goal was like, how do we turn this into a business where we're compounding math for everybody? Everybody's winning in the chain and we're growing. But I was looking at it like, how do we triple? How do we quadruple the business every single year for the next five years? It's impossible, right? The bigger you get, you can't. But if you can get to 100% when you're like 20 million and then double the firm, nobody's doing that right. in benefits. But how many people did you take along with you? How many advisors grew way out, kicked that 11%, right? And that was the goal. It's like, oh, shit. Let's get them each to 50% growth. Then, like you said, maybe you don't white label our stuff. Maybe we co-brand. Maybe I just give you the box of all the knowledge and you grow. But if your business grew by 50% year over year, we're, we're, we're a stout partner. Oh, yeah. That's how I was looking at it. That's, that kind of was like the aha moment where I was like, Pat, you got AP3. Get brokers to understand we don't want to compete with you. We want to give you all the knowledge and tools we have. And how do we make your business grow by 50, 100%? Right. You know, to yeah. that point, it's so interesting you say this because I, I have a theory. I'm not saying it's accurate, but it's my theory. Probably if, not accurate. If, if, <laughs> trend, if, if the average growth of an agency happens to be right around what medical trend is, renewal trend, right? Yep. It's why we are such an attractive acquisition, right? If you're acquiring At an multiples. agency and you know just naturally they're going to grow 11, sure. 12%. Hey. Multiple. So yeah, here's my theory. I think most agencies today sell out a need, not desire. I think the reason the number one strategy of the big houses is to acquire, nobody knows how to grow organically anymore. 100%. We say it all the time. Mm -hmm. People get fat, hat, and happy, and lazy, and they, like, they've been in the business 25 years. They don't want to grind anymore. And here's the yeah. beauty of it. Your solution, we could say, is complicated. GovCon is complicated. Yep. But you said, Luke, through uh, complication comes opportunity. Mm-hmm. If a broker was willing to put the work in, which I'll say a lot are not, but if they were willing to put the work in, it's a blue ocean opportunity because nobody else wants to go there. It's when I talk to financial planners, right? They've got all these new rules now around literally every social media post they make has to be approved by the SEC. Right. Heard so that. guess what's happening? All the financial advisors saying, screw it. And I'm like, guys, this is why you should do it because all it's of difficult. your competition is going to quit. Yep. This yeah. is your chance. It's the same thing with you. When there's complication, Lean into it because all your competition's too lazy to want to do it. So our competition has 40 plus years of runway ahead of us, right? So you saw them at the party last night. They've been here today. They're, they're legacy in this business. Yeah. And uh, people are like, why are you letting your competitor? I was like, they're not competitors. We partner now. We use their product. They use our technology. And, and we realize it's better, faster together than it is when we were just trying to jockey to one-on-one -on -one wins. Yep. It, it's like, because what they did was really good for that period of time, and then it was the next guy's turn. And then we came along, it was technology, but they couldn't keep up, and we just kept trading paint. And to the point in time where I was like, why don't we just help the brokerage community together? Like, your product might be best for this situation, and I have nothing into it, but I can make an introduction to the broker that it works. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a point or two on that business growth well you know as a broker i have no credibility in the government contracting space zero and i could try to fake it and there's there's a real famous businessman uh, sim stores in in the northeast Cy sims and it was a uh, you know discount men's clothing initially and you know but their slogan was shop there. educated you didn't, <laughs> you didn't get that you didn't get that sims that's, that's exactly <laughs> where gym shops right? all the time guaranteed but an educated consumer is our best customer and that's one of our theories. Like we want people that 
that are going to understand our message is resonating. If I get in front of them and try to pretend that I know anything about anything significant about government contracting, and I get in front, that's really hard work, and I get in front of that business owner or CEO or COO, and they ask me a question that I can't answer, I've just wasted that opportunity. 100%. Right? Yeah. I need, I need a gym to be in the room, or was it Brittany? Yep. Uh, Brittany? Yeah, yeah. I mean, unbelievably, and, and, and you could tell the expertise because they explained something, and I'm sure it's pretty significantly difficult, and made someone who just walked in, into a room not knowing anything about it understand it at a Shh. basic level. Her and Carrie are rock That's stars. They're, they're awesome. badass. That's someone I want to partner with. Here's the funny thing. So we do Davis Bacon and I. We do construction clients, right? But we bring them in on every single opportunity. Not that we can't do it. They do it so much easier. I'm willing to give up revenue for them because they make us look better. Yeah, we're growing their firm. I don't care. Right. The clients are like, she's amazing. She's amazing. They do this. They do that. Thank you for the resource. You're welcome. We made less, right, percentage-wise. But I also have less overhead, and I have less gripe with the client. And right. that's what we wanted to pull this thing together, bring all the great knowledge pieces together, give it to guys like you, give it to guys like you so you could teach other people. You know, obviously, you're bringing guys along in the AP3, but that that was the whole thing. Like, it's, it doesn't have to be about us. So you guys are, are you know, new to GovCon. You spent some time now. You spent a whole day of a whole bunch of people talking to you. How would you describe the opportunity to, to our industry? I was going to propose a question. How many advisors do we see out posting content around GovCon? Zero. 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 Now, we've been talking about relying on the partners, let them be, let them, letting them be the experts, right? But if you're an advisor and you're willing to spend a little time being the student and understanding how GovCon works to the point where you're dangerous, mm -hmm. if you started posting content on social media, for example, around this so subject, I, have, I firmly believe you don't have to be the smartest in a specific subject, but if you're the one I see the most, you're going to become my perceived expert. And when nobody else in the industry is talking about this stuff and all I see is this content, and I am that GovCon, that contractor, and all I see is this content coming from Patrick, mm -hmm. guess who becomes my go-to expert? Perceived. Right. Patrick. It's so funny because I, I don't know how the big guys get away with it because in the D.C. metro area, put out zero content. Yep. Zero. But they, they mystify the industry with their benchmarking and their data. And, and I'm like, how are you reaching so many people? Oh, it's the 35 years of bashing down doors and 600 brokers that came through your your badge. You know, like they they they're the institutional expert yep. because they've been around so long. So yep. you're saying social media could even uproot that because absolutely you're reaching more teaching. More. I think there's a lot of people in the industry to your point that actually intentionally keep things complicated so their prospects or their clients don't do anything. That's fair. Why, why do why do Makes brokers sense. advise their clients to do RFPs? Because they write them for them. They write them, and what do they do? They make the process so complicated. What does the client do? Oh, we'll just stay right where we're at. Renewing right. as is. Broker got what they wanted. Yep. I think brokers, too many agencies and brokers, make it too complicated intentionally so their clients stay right where they're and at. And they hide in the background because when it turns out to be a shit renewal or whatever it is, and they're like, oh, it, it's just the market. It takes too long to get responses yep. you know, or, or whatever the answer is, yep. right? But we don't have that problem. And I think it's because... You know, we built the platform to be fully transparent, but it was, I sat in your shoes. You know what I mean? Like I had to deal with the other guys, like spreadsheeting the same thing with just a different badge on it. And I was like, wait, this, 
it's just, it's, it's just the same shit. Mm-hmm. Right. There's nothing differentiating me from everybody else that can go and get those same three options. 100%. And that was like my light bulb moment. I won't be like everybody else. I won't have as many opportunities, but the opportunities I have an, a chance at will be way better, way more qualified, and I'll close more. And it worked out. You're getting the right people in the room with this conversation versus I want to sell you insurance. Oh, I can save you X percent. Oh, have, you, have you tried? So there's, there's solutions and there's strategies. And the industry is loaded with strategies, but there's no solutions, right? Most employers don't think there's anything. If you told an employer five years ago, I can enhance your benefits, eliminate the out-of-pocket costs for your employees, and lower your claims, thus your premiums, by 20 to 25%. Oh, and by the way, you know, if you take a look at, you've never had the opportunity, but let me show you what's inside your pharmacy spend, right? In just five years, which I feel like, you know, I, I left the GE world at the perfect time because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my niche was going to be. But the industry was changing at exactly the same time. Data was entering into the, more, in, in, into the you know, the healthcare world that hadn't ever been exposed before. And when I saw it the first time, I said, wow, this is going to change so rapidly. I got to get ahead of this change, mm-hmm. right? And that's where I feel like myself and my, you know, my agency is, is like, we're three years behind the average broker. Right, you think? I, uh, I mean, uh, not behind, ahead of, uh, let's say, ahead of, not behind, say, yeah, not yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was like, sorry. like I, we're going to continue. Gonna say edit that, edit, edit. No, this is that selling yourself short. Three, thing three to five, down. three to five years ahead because of the amount of time and effort it takes to learn what I've had to learn. Now you throw this on top of it, and those conversations, you need to be able to how to, how to frame it. You need to know who's got to get in that room with you, and you got to assist, insist that that happens. Here's our process. Because you have, you have your process down pat, and I know it's something that Andy talks a lot all the time, is know who your target audience is. Have your process. You need to be able to explain why you're different. This is what we're going to do for you, and this is the time frame that we're going to do it in. And if you can't deliver on that, then you're just... Go away. You're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to disappear. So you run across a bunch of brokers all over the country, and one of them, like I said, I'll go back to the original question, comes across and says, hey, Andy, I want to grow my business by 50%. Would you steer them to an industry or a type, or would you just talk about Great marketing? Great question. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what I said on stage today. I think it comes down to the two things. You want, to, you want that kind of growth, you're going to have to, to do, answer two questions very well. What makes you unique? You have got to find a way to stand out in this market. There's a ton of noise. The, the worst thing I used to hear when I, when, when I would network with prospects or talk to prospects, and they, they'd go, oh, you're a health insurance broker. I'd be like, shit. Mm-hmm. Because they just lumped me in with the 300 brokers. Everybody met, and I'm else. like, I'm not the same. So you have to know what makes you different. And then number two, what do you do as well as anyone in the market? And the answer to that question is, what do you want to become known for? The fewer things you can become known for, the better you're going to be, the more nice. growth you're going to have. I'm going to use, yeah. go back to the example I gave on stage. A uh, gentleman, probably some of you know on, uh, in the industry, Seth Denson, yep. good friend of mine here up in Dallas. He sells captives. That's all he does. And the guy sells a million dollars a year mm-hmm. because he's become the go-to expert on captives. Yep. His whole process is built around captives. He's seeing if you're a fit for him. If not, move on, next one. If an uh, advisor would take that same approach, if they wanted to become the go-to GovCon, they'd kill it. Are they willing to go narrow, though? Yep. Because they want to sell everything. 100%. Mm-hmm. Whatever they can. But then they limit themselves, and that's The where more you try it. to sell, the less you actually sell. That's, that's the punchline. That's right. So I, he gets frustrated with me because I always say, I stay in our lane, man. I don't get out of GovCon because it's what I know. Yeah. Right. We own the data in the space. This is where we live. This is what we do. 
but I, I can't get out of it now. I am so myopically focused on the results and the value that everything else out there is blue ocean and it scares the shit out of me. There are monsters in that shit, right? Like I don't want to go kraken. out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kraken's eating my asshole like in front of everybody. Yeah, in we front went of there. Jaws. Well, we went there. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. yeah can we, that's in a front of Jaws, portable. right? Like that's that, a link There's some portable. dangerous stuff out there. I don't want to party there. Uh, but I know in our little, especially in that suit. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, in, in our little, in our little microcosm, it's an eighty-three billion dollar premium industry for mid-sized to large companies. Yeah. You add small clients into it, it's 183 billion. Yeah. Premium. If you had 1% of that, you're king shit tomorrow. Mm. But if you own that and you did well for your clients and you got paid on their success, you are king forever, right? That's where we want to get. We want to get to them winning and then us getting paid on that arbitrage of their success. If more advisors would focus on performance over perception, they'd have a good life. And what I mean by that, to your point, a lot of the advisors we all know, what is it they all stand on now? I'm going after these huge groups, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Do you know in the 50, I think it's the 50 to 250 space, there's $350 billion in premium. Mm, easy. Get a half a percent of that. Yeah, you're killing it by tomorrow. The problem is everybody wants to hit home runs. Guess who's in the Hall of Fame? Singles and doubles hitters. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. Tony Gwynn. <laughs> there you go. And the point is, you're, you're right. People get so scared. I can't niche down like that. That niche is $83 billion of premium. That's just mid to large. You had the smalls <laughs> in there, which are easier to work with. You had another $100 billion. And that's why I was saying, like, even if you came across 55-person groups, you're not going to start a captive for that. But what you're going to do is you're going to be the best position for every one of those 250 People. Yeah. And then in GovCon, it's crazy how this works. You've seen it. They start 20, they become 200 quick. So we have a client that we've worked with for years. They're in construction. They're 46 people in Colorado. They called and said, well, we own these three other companies and they just got rolled into the alternative energy requirements. They're all now government contractors. 46 to 1800. Their advisor says, we're going to self-fund you. Knows nothing about the risk of going from 46 to 1800. But they said, we're gonna self-fund you. And the client said, have you asked Axum yet? We ran 30 seconds of their data and said, there's no way you can self-fund. Right. And they said, why not? Because you're taking on a massive amount of risk you have no clue about. And here's what that risk is. Send it right back to them. And they said, they looked at their broker and they were like, oh, we're gonna find a new agent. The agent thought they were dealing with a 46 person group. They didn't realize they were laying on an 1800 person opportunity and they wow. completely shit the bed. Like how embarrassing is that? Now the broker blames us. How dare you release that information? And I'm like, <laughs> so, so the broker's ego was more important than yeah. actually helping the client. That's yeah. like, I was like, I was like, you lost your mind. Yeah. This is a client who has 1800 lives at risk for your bad planning and decision. That one decision could have crippled their company. And you talked about the health healthcare costs. You know the healthcare costs. Yeah. You know the healthcare costs. It could have sunk them for the next five years. And if if they would have started where you started in the beginning, Andy, like asking the business questions, they would have found out about all these underlying entities and all these opportunities, and they would have had a real business discussion. Well, I'm going to share something, and I know I get really opinionated on this, so I, I guess I'll be careful how I say it, but I believe it because I was one of these guys at one time. I think too many people in our industry right now are trying to become celebrities. Okay. And they're trying to create 
these amazing results more for their own ego than the fact they actually help the client. And I feel like our industry has got to be really careful right now because I see a lot of advisors who want to play doctor and they feel they know more than the healthcare system. Be really careful with that. Be really careful with that. You are not it. There's no MD behind your name. Yeah. And you can't, don't be playing doctor. Yeah. The same goes here. It's if more advisors would just park their ego and say, I am not the expert, but that's okay. I have the team, as Lou talked about, to do this. The number of, rev- the number of opportunities they would write and, and how they would grow would blow their minds. But it requires, again, for them to let go of the microphone and just say, hey, I can't do this alone. I'm not the expert, but there's an opportunity here, and somebody has already gone down that path for me, and I'm just going to let ride their coattails mm. in a way to help my business. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I tell people straight up, I stole your best shit and made it a piece of our machine. Yep. But yeah. their functional best thing, I would never try to replicate or contend yep. with. I like, hey, man, welcome, meet so-and-so, you know? Because I, I would make a fool of myself. And more importantly, I may hurt the client. Yep. Right? Well, you, you know, you just, you don't want to go it alone, right? Yes. You don't, the, the, time, the time and effort it takes to learn is, is significant. Right. And you want to spend your time wisely when you're working with your clients, when you're working with your prospects. So our entire approach to prospecting is now I have my whole team back in the office going through our CRM, cross-referencing it to the government contracting websites. And we're going to rebrand them in our CRM, GovCom Prospect. Love it. Because the messaging, I don't want to send a thousand emails out where I might have 50 potential prospects. Right? So, so there's going to be very specific outbound marketing so we can get inbound leads i can I, i'll i'll do you a solid man just give me the names i'll put them through logic Mind. i was I'll hoping you were gonna I'll say do it. That. i'll do it in eight <laughs> seconds i'll do it in eight oh, seconds lou's good at this game i don't want your staff your staff sitting back in new york like ask him for logic mind you <laughs> asshole <laughs> oh um no man i'll do that for you yeah no, easily and that, that answers the question do you think it's a good opportunity oh it's an incredible opportunity yeah it's an incredible opportunity I don't need to be labeled the government contracting expert, right? So we're gonna we're gonna work with medical offices and you know and, and other and other businesses. So I don't want to just label myself, especially since I haven't ventured there yet. I mean, yep. it might get to the point where our branding becomes, oh wow, these guys are the government contracting benefit to experts, yep. right? And then that's that's a good problem to have, right? But you know, I take things slowly. I take things in stride. And, you know, when I believe in something, we're going to go all in. And, you know, I, I truly believe that over the, you know, the next uh, few months, I would imagine a lot of these accounts, like most of them out there, renew January 1st on their benefits. But that doesn't mean your part of the solution can't start before then. 100%. Right? So it's a very compelling reason potentially to get VORs on accounts because we're, we're filling in other needs. I love it. I mean, looking at looking at the opportunity that a guy's probably a year into it, like myself, realizing what the GovCon industry looks like and really jumping into it hard. I was telling Dave Chase downstairs, I was like, I literally think Health Rosetta needs to only focus on GovCon. Like $93 billion is bigger than anything that anyone's doing. And so I love hearing guys like you that have the right heart, that have the right expectations, want to go down this lane. Because I think the more good people we get in this vertical... I mean, it's, it's better for all. It's the largest community-owned health plan. Wow. Right? Because if you think go. about it, it's not regionally based. It's not city-based. It's not state-based. It's national. It's how you build right. the macro. 
hundred percent. The macro solution, not the micro solution. But I, I want to share one more thing is like, I think about, we've talked about like just bringing the right partners, get out of the way, let the partners do the thing. I also say it's also about putting in the work, right? If you think about being, you know, yeah. as an athlete, you want to make it to the next level. We were talking about your son offline. It's all the work he's putting in when no one's watching, right? I, I tell people our story. The reason I have complete game consulting today was because in 2015, I was working for an agency that didn't have a marketing plan. I'm like, shit, I got to create my own. Mm -hmm, <laughs> what I do, right. I, I started going to YouTube every night, mm -hmm. every morning, and studying, and studying, and studying. And I practiced, and I did, and I did. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, nine years later, I have my own company doing this for other people. Anybody can do that. Yeah. If you want to become the GovCon expert, because there's a huge opportunity, put some work in off the field. No one is the go-to expert. It, this is this literally wide open real estate right now. 100%. And, and we have a whole supporting team of experts, again, in legal, fine. We don't pretend because it's such a huge ocean of mistakes. But if you walk into that ocean or you swim in that ocean and you make one mistake, someone's going to jail. Like we talk about the fiduciary thing that's all coming down, CASA, CAA and NSA. We've had to live that life a long time. Or there's a crack and ready to eat your ass. Yeah, a ton of them, totally. And I actually believe that's actually More the scarier fearful. thing. Yeah, that's worse than the DOL. Like that's worse but, than the um, Finishing up here, boys, I, I wanted to thank you both for your time and attending. Uh, I, this, this is a big deal. Um, you don't know me from Adam. You know, I know you guys loosely knew each other, but yeah. um, really coming out to San Antonio and supporting us here is huge. And doing this for us, I think it's going to play out. A lot of other people are sitting in your shoes. And they're asking the same questions that you that you ask. Yeah. You probably just gave them a lot of answers. Same thing, man. And I, I truly, I truly, <laughs> truly appreciate it. I'll tell you, man, you and I met actually in 2016 16. or 17 at Ascend. Yep. And I was this kid sitting in the in the crowd. I remember you went up speaking and I heard you're in the military. And I said, this is a badass motherfucker. I'm not messing with this guy. I just remember <laughs> that was our first encounter. Yeah. He stood up on stage. I'm like, I ain't messing with Jim Campbell. And you know how hungover I was? Dude. <laughs> you know I, how hungover I was. That, when I did that, I'll tell you, what, I was wearing a uh, camel hair jacket, double-breasted camel hair <laughs> that jacket. That he got at the I was flea the, market. I, no, no. He got at the I flea was market. the first guy on that morning. I went out that night in Nashville. I didn't... I. Went to bed 30 minutes before I got on stage. I was fucking annihilated. I partied my face off with a bunch of dudes I knew from the Marine Corps that night. And I showed up. And you remember, that's great, man, because I was walking around with like a war hatchet. It was like, it was like uh, I was surprised I had pants on. And that's the founder of Axum yeah. Fringe Benefits. I mean, that was just a story that we're using for the podcast. It's yeah, not yeah, real, yeah, guys. Yeah. Don't, ever, like don't ever think that's actually real. Gentlemen. You guys provide a lot of value in the healthcare world in general. Where can we find you on social? Please. So I'm mostly on LinkedIn, Lou Bernardi. My agency's Bright Path. I have a podcast called Benefits with Friends, which is on all the podcasting venues out there. And uh, you know, if you want, if you're you in New Pat York, on. you had huh? Pat on. I did what? You had Pat on. Oh yeah, podcast. Pat. Yeah, Pat was on. I, I'm going to best have Andy episode on. by far. Yeah, you know, I've, I've gone through Andy's Number program myself, which is where a lot of this resulted from. I mean, I didn't move as quickly as some, maybe some of the advisors because I have to absorb it. I had to find my niche. And now it's live from New York. It's benefits with friends. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, whatever the guy, Gene from Saturday Night Live. To with come. the Jim Craig yeah, poster in the like, background. For using their, their, their tagline. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and, and tremendous amount of opportunity in government contracting. I highly recommend brokers back in New York not get involved with it. <laughs> yeah, stay away. You're going to be and wasting look, your look time. For the boom in the, look for the boom in the LinkedIn boom. profile. Yeah, and boom. Right, exactly. Andy, where can we find you? Uh, LinkedIn's the best place to find me. And I, we have, I have a podcast as well, Bullpen Sessions. Right so on. So make sure you listen it. to that as well. Nice. Pat? Absolutely. I live in that LinkedIn thing too. You do, yep. man. You love it. 
It's my favorite. Uh, well, guys, I really appreciate it again, man. And uh, hopefully we can do this again next year and have a recap. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about your successes. I want to hear how many brokers you gained, you grew. Our in the successes. Next year. Our Thank successes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. yeah. And then uh, I promise uh, next year I'll have some more exciting clothes to wear. Great. Wow. Now I know I got I to gotta step up my... Yeah. Uh, Thank you, boys. Got to get the pinstripes, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.